Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Join today with Nick. Nick can be found at HyperCleanNick on Instagram. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot him an email. It's nick at vegasrides.com. Or if you want to find both of us, you can go to the new Facebook page. That is a group for anyone that is a HyperClean specialist, wants to dive in, get some more information, or also a great place to share their experiences, explain why they use things and what they do a certain ways. And we're seeing a lot of great uh, stuff come out about slick more and more stuff with eco one. And as we release the new products coming out, it's going to be cool to see all the different people that begin to post in there and come together as a community uh, using the products. So Nick has taken his, his uh, vacation, his uh, retirement out of Facebook just to come yeah. on specifically for the group. Uh, Nick, yeah. thanks so much for, uh, for doing that. I know it meant a yeah. lot. Uh, you got, Hey, I was with- on Facebook when you have to have a .edu account. So Facebook was, I was burnt out on, on the book of faces long before everybody was popular. And then, uh, but look, guys in the community of ours wanted to, uh, start this page. They all deserve a ton of credit. And uh, you'll see them really active and, you know, ask me if I would do it. You know, guys have questions about our product. It's only fair for us to go in and help out as much as we can, as well as let the specialists, the, the, the car care specialists, the detailers that, that are great with our products to share their knowledge, their way, their workarounds, how they like to use things. So I think we're going to create a pretty positive, and that's the key to the group, right? You and I sort of had this talk last week. Hey man, a lot of negativity in these detailing groups. This is going to be completely different. We're, we're talking our products, how to use them, uh, questions. We try to answer them. You know, we're not going to let the, the jerky behavior even start or, or continue in our, our group. And I think it's going to be a really positive place. Yeah. What, what I love to see is instead of people going, Hey, I'm going to put this out and I know you're going to bash me. It's guys that are going, Hey, this is the way I like to do things. Derek specifically put out a video of where he likes to mix some interior cleaner and some dressing. Listen, not everybody's that way. Right. Right. But our group's not going to go in and tell them, uh, you know, you know, you suck. You can't do that. You blah, blah, blah. It's more of, oh, okay. That's interesting. Like, yeah, I like it. Or did you get this kind of finish or, you know, I don't prefer those types of finishes. So maybe if I used a little less dressing and, you know, at the end of the day, everybody, you know, Facebook groups can be great, right? Like this is the thing of the internet. You can get a lot of great out of the internet, but boy, oh boy, can you get some really bad stuff? So we're, we're going to keep this on the good side. And uh, we have some, some moderators and some admins of the page that have all stepped up. And uh, I think we're going to keep it a really cool place to be. All right. So the weekend as, uh, as, as I you know, it's Monday. So that's why we kind of always, you know, dive into what we did for the weekend. Uh, speaking of one of those uh, moderators was uh, I talked with Alex uh, just a little bit ago. Alex spent his weekend. He's like, listen, 
I did a couple cars, then it was college football. Sunday, I washed <laughs> the car, and then it was professional football. Like, there's no doubt that football, as the fall is now starting to really take off, we're late September. What that looking like as more people just – last year we didn't do it. I, I mean, I couldn't get into football last year. But for 2021, yeah. it seems like it's back. Football's hot again. I still have not yet to get into it. Um, usually my TV is covered up with – uh, video games or, or YouTubers playing video games that uh, my girlfriend's son's watching. But this past weekend, I was like, you know what? In order to get into football, I need to do two things. First, I need to clean the back patio. <laughs> so, we, you know, for, for us, I, I, your experience in Vegas, for us, we're here Midwest. I don't use, you use your pool through the summer. Like you use your backyard, like here, yeah. When it comes and I come home and it's summer, I, I don't go back outside. Like, I, I don't want to <laughs> go back out. Like, I don't spend any time out there. So when it gets to be the fall and it's 75 degrees or humidity's down, like, those are the best times for us. So what what do you guys do in the fall that's different than in the summer? Well, like, everybody's cooling off right now, and this is sort of the perfect time to even get more use out of your backyard. Uh, you know, I have a pool system, you know, solar type of system. So my pool still stay good usually through October. Um, you know, so I can, I can use my pool a lot of the months of the year where not everybody out here has that system. And some people get less time or more time. It just kind of depends, but you know, I, you know, you know, better than anyone listening, I, I'm in my backyard pretty much all year long. When the winter comes, I just, you know, maybe wear a sweatshirt you know, we got a fire pit back there or something like that. Um, but I, you know, I 90% of my time at home is spent back there. Now with the baby, that's a little different. She's not, you know, although she learned to swim this year already before her first birthday. So she's pretty good in the pool, but you know, at the end of the day, um, I love the backyard, you know, I, I completely revamped mine. You know, I, I bought a house with a, with a backyard that needed a lot of work. We put the work in, and so I hang out there a lot, you know, this weekend was, uh, I watched, I had like two different fights on my iPads and then I had uh, the Ryder cup on my TV in my backyard. And that's what I did when it comes to football. And, you know, I know you're an OU guy, you know, my buddy's the defensive coordinator there. I, you know, the kicking kids out of games and that kind of, I, I, I'm just uninterested in the sport now for me because nobody can hit somebody. It's like every time somebody hits someone, it's it's like a penalty. And you know, I, I've told you this, I'll share this with the guys listening. Uh, one of my one of the guys I, I hang out with a lot out here, he's an NFL and a college football referee. So I get to like bounce this stuff off of him. I'm like, hey dude, like what is going on? And it's it's always you're protecting this, you're pro- I, the flags, I'm out. I, I can't watch it. It's it's I I uh um it's a different game. It's a different yeah, game, no it's, doubt. It's it's just not. I mean, and even Tom Brady came out and said this is just different. This isn't. They're they're penalizing the defense too much. You know, he he did an interview before the season. It's like, I don't know. The game changed for me when it was like, explain to me defenseless. If you put if you drive to the stadium, go to the locker room and put pads on, then walk onto the field, how are you defenseless? Did you not know what was going to happen? I mean, we all played the sport. Did you not know that you were going to get hit? I mean, what's defenseless? I say this to my buddy Larry all the time. He's a referee. I'm like, explain defenseless. The guy, the guy went through all these steps to get on the field. How's he defenseless? 
Well, so that's a thing that's been a hot topic in trying to help protect certain key stars. So the interesting part is <clears throat> key stars. You mentioned that you want to watch a lot of fights. There's key stars starting key stars starting to question where you know should we get some some changes in the rules there to help protect some defenseless ways that they get affected with some certain kicks and different things. So, and it, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned Tom Brady because that's what these specific were saying. Stars of the profession are starting to come out and speak pretty heavily. Yeah, it's and, and it's like anything, right? Like you just go in and out. You know, football for me. I went to Ohio State. I got the experience. You know, one of the five probably greatest college football programs to go and go to games and family still goes to games and all that kind of stuff. I want to get into it, but it, the game really changed for me. So right now it's really a lot of I watch a lot of fights. I mean, I really watch an unhealthy amount of fights, to be honest with you. Who was on this weekend? Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight uh, champ, basically got, you know, got torn apart overseas on, on you know, a heavyweight fight. And uh I don't know. Most people know Nick Diaz. That would be the most famous UFC fighter. He's the guy uh, that he, tested. Didn't he have like this awesome, amazing uh, bout and then got tested with? Uh, uh, he was that, so. That's your boy. That's your boy, Nate Diaz. Nate, that's, that's, that's his, his brother. brother. Yeah. So Nick, Nick Diaz just has this like, you know, I don't know, back and forth nonsense with the sport. And he basically got beat up bad. And then. Uh, you know, a couple other fights I wanted to watch on that card. So it, it was a good card. But like I said, I Nick's who goes just after to, it with uh, Conor McGregor a lot, right? They're the two no, that Nate, have had. Yeah, Nate Diaz. Nate. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Nick, his brother, fought, who hadn't fought in some time. And, you know, he, he's just kind of a drama queen, but he got beat up. And, uh, you know, so at the end of the day, the reason I, I congregated to fights, I was always a big fight fan. But, you know, as you get older, you just kind of have to pick. <laughs> Hey, what am I going to follow? I can't follow everything. Uh, you know, I can't follow baseball, basketball, football. I, I just can't do that. So I really kind of picked, you know, fighting for me is the thing that I follow the most probably. So it's interesting to say that you just got to kind of pick something, right? Like that was yeah. me last night trying to pick a movie where I was like, you know what? Listen, <laughs> I just want to sit down and watch a movie for like an hour and a half. Right. But then it was so yeah. fucking hard to try and figure out something to pick. But the, well, the one part that's been interesting of what to pick and how to do it is and this is this is this is this is the funny part is how on demand do you want your food right so for me this is something you and i've joked about it's kind of funny uh i i started down this little journey as as corona happened and then through 2021 but having a girlfriend move in and changing up the way you do life she still likes to go to the store and buy groceries right so Saturday night, we wanted to, you know, we're cleaning all day Saturday to get ready for, you know, let's grill some steaks, have some drinks, let's enjoy the back patio, kind of freshen yep. it out, get ready to go. So what do we do? We hop in the car, go to the good old grocery store. You know, fortunately, where we live is still, it's, a, it's kind of a little bit of a small suburb outside of Tulsa, which for you, Tulsa would still be a suburb, probably. It's still very small, but... For us, we live in a place called Jinx, and I can, you know, about five minutes away, I can be at a grocery store, go in, grab what I need, hop back out. That's if you can do all that, right? That's yeah. if it doesn't take you 30 minutes to get there, 45 minutes once you're inside. Like, if everything goes to plan, you should be able to just go in and out, you know? Small town where we're at, funny story is our new neighbors that moved in next to us here at the warehouse, 
I ran into her at the grocery store on Saturday, <laughs> you know, there in Jake. So, you know, it's just, it's opportunities to do different things. But if I want to get steak and I want to get food, that's been the way you always have to do it, right? You, you always have to go to the grocery store. But then things started evolving. You could start getting what you had mentioned, Uber Eats. You could get delivered. We've always had pizza delivery, right? Yeah. Is that the way you normally go? You like to just on demand and get something delivered? No. So pizza is about the where we draw the line. So I don't do Uber Eats and that kind of stuff because I just assume people are touching my food, spitting in my food. You know, they're, they're, they're just independent of, you know, if the delivery driver at the pizza joint usually works for the pizza joint, right? So there's a little bit of accountability to that pizza joint on some level. I'm sure they still spit in your food and shit. Who knows? But there's something about if I ordered from the same restaurant at Uber Eats, I could get, and I did it 10 straight days, I would get 10 different people bringing me my food. I just never got into it. And then you attach the fees. We're very big at-home eaters. You know this. Like, um, we still do the grocery store once a week. We, you know, it's, we're very traditional. Like, let's just, I just hate the eating out experience. I can't stand it. Most of the food is terrible. Like, it doesn't matter where you go. I live in a great city to go eat. But most of the food is underwhelming. Your ticket is usually huge because you have a few drinks, whatever. All of a sudden, you've spent a couple hundred bucks, and you're like, wow, that food wasn't all that good. So we just buy really nice food for our house. And, you know, luckily, we have some friends that are executive chefs on the strip that have taught us some things about, about cooking at home. And it's just something we enjoy. And, and like I said, it's we've really tried to do where my home is where I want to be. Like we renovated our house, we renovated our backyard. Like I don't really want to be anywhere else because I've created this house that like I want. Like it's, I, I'm not going to go get this at a restaurant. I'm not going to have an 85 inch TV at the restaurant. Like I'm not going to have that. So I worked so, really hard to make my home what I want it to be. When you get, when you get the itch to get something on demand, like Saturday, you said, yeah. Hey, I want something on demand, like pizza. What do you, Pizza? This is what ha this is what happened. The pizza. So we got this great Italian pizza joint. Literally, you can throw a rock from my house. For whatever reason, Jess loves freaking Pizza Hut. Okay. Now we got so much construction going on around my house. You can't get three miles in forty five minutes. Okay. It's just like it's a night. It doesn't matter when it is. You got to like go this back way to 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 get where you need to go now. So this main road that leads to our house is just a fucking disaster. And so she wants pizza. I said, well, let's go to Martino's. It's right around the corner. She's like, no, Pizza Hut. I feel like Pizza Hut, whatever. We order it. I already knew it was going to happen. So I just, you know, crack open another beer. I'm just going to, it's like, whatever. I already know we're in for a, a shitty experience. Took an hour and 45 minutes for this place. That The Pizza Hut is literally four miles away. Took them an hour and a half. The pizza was cold. It's nobody's fault. You know, it's not the driver's fault. It's not the Pizza Hut's fault. The construction's going on. The guy's apologizing. Obviously, you know, we still tipped them. It's like, hey, nobody can do anything about it. But it was just a bad experience because, you know, we're in a construction zone at the moment. So where do you weigh in? This is the interesting part. Like, where do you weigh in not having to leave your house, not having to go anywhere, literally just be on your phone pressing a couple of buttons and knowing whether or not you know hey i'll get this confirmation we'll get it sent over and boom or you know 
do I get in my car? Do I go spend the ever? Do I go do all this? It, it's a little bit of a trade, right? Like the way technology's gone, go, gone, it makes more sense that we would just use our phone, click a couple buttons. But when that process doesn't happen exactly, <laughs> right? Because Pizza Hut probably didn't ever tell you when you got on your phone, and it probably didn't give you an exact ETA that it was going to be an hour and 45 minutes. Probably said, hey, you'll get it, you know, usually quick turnarounds yeah. and, yeah. you know, hey, order now. You'll 40 get minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, we'll make it. We'll be in your house within 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Dude, it what? was, I, I, I don't, I don't. So here's a weird thing. Where do you place convenience? For me, convenience really, really matters, but I'm also not going to eat bad meals at the sake of convenience. Like, I'm not going to do that. First of all, I just keep our fridge stocked. We can always make something that's great. We make sure that we live our life that way. But look, man, I know I got buddies of mine. All they do is eat out. They don't really keep anything at their house. Where do you put convenience? Look, I don't, I don't know. Look, we had this discussion about Amazon. You know, I ordered some sandpaper for the shop. Some of the sandpaper came in a day. Some came in two days. They were all prime delivery, supposedly. Then I had some that took two weeks or excuse me, a week. Two packs took a week. Uh, 3,000 and 1,500 took a week. Well, we're now starting to see that even Amazon can't keep its word, right? Like Amazon's struggling to keep Prime at two days for the things that are labeled Prime. Things are changing. And so for me, convenience, I've already had to change my mindset. I'm not going to get mad at Amazon. Who am I going to text? Who am I going to email? I mean, they don't, they don't give a shit. You know, they're not going to respond to you. You're not going to get something for free. You're not, you know what I mean? So it's the same with the food thing. I don't know. I mean, you pay 15 bucks to have it delivered to your house. How convenient is it? I mean, at that point, I might as well just cook myself something. Did you, this is, this is the, just the, the interesting part, right? Like when, when I order something and I expect it to be at a certain time, right? It's because that's just generally what the, the company is going to share because listen, there's so many different variables that can go on, but we're generally expecting a, a general idea. And how do you handle it? Like 45 minutes late shit happens or do you blow up and get, you know, do you, you send in messages to pizza hut? Uh, did you, you know, exaggerate the, the, the experience? No. Did I go, did I go on Google and leave a review? Is that what you're asking? No, it's, we see this in every business now. Detailers can relate to this. You have an un, a customer who just expects something that's ludicrous from you for the price they've paid. But, you know, we have stuff like this happen at HyperClean, right? Like, we should share the stories. Like, we had, we had somebody place an order at noon, and by 1230, we're texting in and, and, and hitting us through Shopify. Where's my order? Why hasn't it been, why hasn't it been prepped for me? Like... Amazon doesn't even do it in 30 minutes, but it's an unrealistic expectation. So the funny thing is for the Pizza Hut thing, I literally went outside and, and sat by the pool and said, you know, Jess wanted it. You can handle the delivery guy. All the stuff's been handled. I've tipped him through the credit card on the site. All you got to do is answer the door. And it's like, I left it alone. And when it was 45 minutes late, she had a lot of things to say. And I had very little to say because I'm a business owner and I understand where we at, we're at in the world here in 2021 is 
You know, nothing is happening super quick. And you know what? Things happen, and I'm not going to pick up the phone on a Saturday and ruin my day by screaming at somebody on the phone. I'm not going to send a text. I'm not going to send an email because I don't do business that way. And I don't want people to treat me that way. But it's funny at HyperClean, we'll just have these things once a week pop up that you're like, you know, I'm placing order at 12 and at 12.05, why isn't my order ready? It, it's funny stuff that guys should hear. I mean, it, it, it's pretty amazing how many people just don't see the fact that Amazon's not keeping up. Nobody is keeping up. We get things to people between one and two days to most parts of the United States. I think we're doing pretty freaking good. We're doing our best to, uh, to be as convenient and on demand as possible because that's just uh, in my life, right? I mean, I think in everybody's life, we ex as technology grows, as the world continues, interesting though, right? Pre-pandemic, and I would say even pre-2021, it almost seems like because of all the delays, because of whether it's shipping shortages, whether it's chip shortages, whether it's plastic container shortages, whether it's spray bottle, like there's so many different things that affected the overall industry that there maybe is a little bit of a come down now because it's like, hey, motherfuckers, that's where we were, but that's yep. not the way it is now because it's just does everything's gotten fucked up. Yeah, it really has. And and if you're living your life like like this guy that was texting us uh, through Shopify and and you're you're demanding all of these things of people within five minutes, boy, man, your blood pressure is going to be real high for a long time because I don't see the world going back to normal. You know, just got a word. I told you I had a, a meeting with a customer this morning about some work we're going to be doing to his car here at the shop. And they do a lot of work on the strip and they're waiting for simple steel poles. Okay, very simple things that they need to like hold uh, different pieces up in the in the in the casino. Just simple steel poles. Those are ten weeks out. He said that he used to be able to buy a million at a time on demand, and it'd be at a shop within an hour if he ordered a million of them. The world's changed, and if if you're the guy or gal texting and bitching at everybody, man, you're going to have a tough few years because it ain't getting better. No, no, it's uh, that's true. If you if you're doing that, your high blood pressure's up. Much. <laughs> you're gonna be at the doctor's office real quick. Boy, and it's hard to sustain through uh, through longevity of what we're trying to do in in operating businesses as detailers or operating life. Like, come on, like there's a whole lot of life that doesn't seem to be lived if people are too amped up all the time. All right, so I wanted to uh, to give you a little bit of background, some stuff that I've been seeing. Think you'll find uh, it's funny as you know is it because we've started putting out is it because over the past year plus that we've been hitting and then specifically in late 2021 summer and early fall we've been going hey one two three year coatings is where it and everybody should be right like this just especially as the way the market's going uh, there's been plenty, plenty more new people going into Facebook groups, starting to ask those questions. Uh, where do we get a one, two, three year coding? People are asking, this is an interesting best drying method or that atypical, which is always interesting. What's the worst car you've ever cleaned with? Uh, listen, where there's so many, right? Is it thousands? I don't know. It'd be really, really curious how many people are coming into the industry 
because there's literally so many comments about all these new cars and how dirty it is. Or, you know, the one guy even sent out, Hey, uh, I'm brand new and I'm starting to get customers. Should I send them a text telling them that I'm new or just apologize when I get there? And it's like, Whoa, no, 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 hold on. Oh, no, no, that's don't do that. Don't do that. Another one don't do. And this is why I want to ask you how the shop's coming because I saw a photo of somebody and it's got the snap on guy right there. Somebody put $62,000 quote unquote from the picture, right? I wasn't there, but it was a really nice big tool chest. It looked like, but geez, 62 grand. I mean, how's everything at your shop coming? I, I, I love to see that big old snap on thing at your place. Are we going to see it? Is that going to be there? No, that is not going to be there. Um, I really feel for that guy if he's not going to make a lot of money off that $62,000 spent. And maybe he knows something we don't know. Uh, That's certainly possible. But uh, one of the leading ways auto technicians as a whole, mechanics, people like that, find themselves in bankruptcy court is because they become tool poor. They spend so much money on tools and toolboxes and they got so much debt that they end up having to file for bankruptcy. And that that's something that hits Matco or snap on that, you know, though any of those guys that will be honest with you will say, yeah, I mean, I've had guys in the whole $150,000 plus. Um, Look at the shop, we've had to make some decisions. You know, I had to bring in a hundred gallon water tank. There were some issues with finding plumbers and, hooking up our pressure washer station and, and getting hooked up into the water line here. Uh, so that project got pushed back. I had to buy a hundred gallon tank and we had to have a self-contained system here uh, in the shop that we just bring in DI's water that we buy from some local providers and pour it into our tank here. Again, it's, it's serviceable here because we're going to do one or two cars a week max. We're, we're, we're going to be higher ticket here. Uh, so we're not going to be doing a lot of washing here, except for the prep work of a big job. So that's not a make or break, but I had to make a decision. I don't want the shop to look that way. But the alternative was we didn't have something self-contained here in the shop to wash a car. That's not what I could, I couldn't have that happen. Uh, we've had to come to grips with flooring. You know, I'm not, I could have, so the flooring that I really want is on back order. The great thing about this flooring is, is that if we change shops, we can take the flooring with us. It's a modular system, right? So there's a, there's a real reason to wait, but if you get impatient, I could have paid two or three grand, had the floor refinished and guess what? I just did something great for the landlord and I don't get any benefit out of it. I don't get to take that with me. The concrete is sort of permanent to to this space, obviously. So we're going to have to wait. So the shop's not going to be the way we want for a while. When it came to, you know, things like storage, man, you can spend a lot of money on big arrays. I bought two really big stainless steel metal cabinets, got a good deal on them. It, it serves its purpose. Got a nice craftsman toolbox at Labor Day. Um, it wasn't $62,000. It just wasn't. Uh, it's okay uh, that I have to give up some of the things right now. Long-term, I'm not really going to go without these things that I want, right? It's just we're in a moment where I can rush to a judgment 
and make a bad decision because I want to get something done. Or I can just say, Hey, this is the world we live in. I can still detail cars. It's still very clean. There's nothing that's really changed in my shop, but to buy a $62,000 toolbox, you better have a, a, a real plan to get $180,000 in work this year based on that toolbox and what's in it. And if you do that, it's a smart decision. If you don't do that, which is more likely that you don't really make that much money on that toolbox, then it's a big problem. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever see an, what, what would you, right? Like, why would you? Let's call it 10 grand. No, 10 there, grand? there's reason. Again, if you have a huge shop and you got a need for a lot of storage, the numbers can get pretty big. Okay. Because metal storage is expensive. Yeah. But you need it if you have a huge shop, right? On that level, a singular toolbox situation, $62,000. Look, man, if you got the cash to burn and it's no big deal to you, and you paid cash for it, then it is what it is. If you find a way to make money on it, great. Uh, you and I have walked into a shop together and seen a toolbox there and both shook our heads when it, when we saw what was in it. Uh, so you and I have seen some really, really odd things at detail shops. And again, is it about the work or is it about the show? And I find that it's it's a lot of times about the show. You visited many shops in your day. You know the guys really about the work and making money and running an efficient business. And you know the guys that are trying to put on a show for that one or two times a year where somebody stops by, like yourself, where they can walk you around and show off their shop that they don't actually own, that they lease from somebody that they did all these upgrades to. That's your decision. Um, if you have a business need for that, then great. You know, we're going to turn the office in here into to a nice lounge for for people to come and hang out but it's not in the cards right this second it's going to be done piece by piece as things become available to us and and again as supply in the world starts to get back to normal and everybody asked me about the shop man i wish it was what i want it to be right now it's not economical my credit card bills for this business are, are already elevated because of what we've had to invest here which is fine we knew that but you also got to be smart enough to say, hey, I got to I got to put a stop here uh, on some things. I mean, we got a lift being delivered. We got a lot of things going on here. But really, all this shop has been about, and I'm very proud of, of what we've done, is about what allows us to produce the best work. Is this necessary to make the work great? If it is, let's get it. No doubt. We're, we're going to spend that money. But I think the mindset needs to be, is this make it the work great? If that doesn't do that and a snap-on toolbox doesn't do that, then you probably shouldn't spend the money, in my opinion. Okay. So I wanna I'm gonna change subjects for just a moment because you mentioned something that you know, like, hey, if, if you do this and you do the work and there's there's a little bit of a, a process when it comes to doing the work and the things that we've been doing. It was interesting last week uh, on the pub when we've talked about sanding, we've talked about correction. A lot of people aren't doing as much correction and sanding and that, you know, then you get some people that come on the pub and that's all they do. Right. So it, it sure. is interesting to hear different people and that, you know, so if you're listening and this is the part about the community pub, that's so great. 
it's open dialogue. Anybody comes in that's running a business the way they want to. We have great discussions. We have different brands, different groups that come on. It's it's really a, the best open forum for anybody wanting to get good information. So anybody wants to hop on, it's Wednesday night, 730 Central. Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. We'd love for you to hop on and be a part of the conversation. And And what we've seen is so many people are doing actually less of the full corrections, less of the sanding. Um, interesting as there's also less talk was let's do another time. Let's talk about there's less people talking about warranties, less people talking about those big multi-layer coatings. So one of the things that started to come out, which is interesting, is the need or lack of need when you're doing that type of work. And that this is really, it is to me, when you said this, I go, this is fucking mind blowing because I, I've only known one way, right? You get your product, get your pad that you choose, you get your tool, and what do you have to do first? You got to prime your pad. That's, it. That's what I've always taught. But I was taught, you know, just from the guy that came and dropped off stuff, oh, right, you know, if you're going to put down the wax, put a little bit of more wax on there on your first time, kind of rub it in and go. Now there's a journey through priming the pad that actually takes quite a bit of time um, yeah. one that I've taught because I learned it from let's I, I listen, this is, this is me learning from Jason Rhodes and what he talks yeah. about. Well, look, they, Rupa, yeah, Rupa has even released, released a tool, you know, to butter quote unquote, butter the pad. Uh, so we know the, the, the three or four guys out of this SoCal Southern California, like detailing group of guys that are of a certain age that talked about priming pads. You know, uh, you got to, if, you know, and it really came about, or they say it came about because, and I'm familiar with these guys, they do great work. It's, it's not, this isn't a knock. It's just factually incorrect, but it, it came about because of microfiber cutting pads. And the idea was there's so many fibers on those microfiber cutting pads that I want that cutting pad to work as best I can. So I need to get all those fibers with some product on it. That's the only way that it's going to work. Right. That was the theory behind priming pads. That's where it started, basically. Well, you can cut pretty well with a wool pad and a rotary, and those guys started on those, and they weren't telling people to prime their wool pad on their rotary 10 years earlier, which they got great results on because I know they all started on rotary. So then it comes to your mind of why did these guys start coming up with it? Well, one of them is really prominently selling a lot of product, uh, you know, Jason Rose sells product. That's the facts. And those that sell products seem to be talking about priming pads. Those in the real world getting excellent results will tell you that when you prime pads, some of the time what will happen is you'll get a haze because there's so much product on the surface and so much abrasive that you'll get an elevated level of haze and you'll be left with a lot of product on the surface. But if I use the four dot method, which is what we all used for a billion years before people talked about priming a pad, is that you'll run and cycle your product properly. You'll be left with a very thin layer to wipe off. And when you wipe it off, it'll appear with less haze. Now, the funny thing is we've been talking about this behind the scenes for a long time. And then somebody did a YouTube video on it on basically an old GM black paint. That's why we're bringing it up. And I'm glad that they did it. 
because what they showed, and they have a $5,000 gloss meter. This isn't their opinion. They use the gloss meter to show the haze in the paint. And priming a cutting pad causes more haze on sensitive paints. And so what happens is that now your cutting stage has to do a lot of work. Well, if you don't use a sufficient type of polish, you're going to be left with a, a pretty significant haze even at the end of your polishing step. So again, we had these things perpetuated through a lot of people in the industry, a lot of credible people in the industry, a lot of very, very good people in the industry, but they just perpetuated something else they heard and never said, well, for years I used a rotary and I would put a pencil line of product down. I would pick up the, the bead, which is exactly how I do it today. When did I talk about priming a pad? And if you have to prime now, for guys out there to think about this, if you have to prime a microfiber cutting pad, why wouldn't I have to prime a rotary wool pad? How did I get away with it all these years? And then you start to walk yourself through it. People are using it to seem like they're forward thinking, that they're coming up with new ideas, or they work for a product company where it benefits. Maybe they can make a new tool. Maybe they can sell more of their polish and compound. And don't kid yourself, folks. That's sometimes what goes into it. How many people come out and say, hey, you don't have to use a bunch of slick on the surface. You can basically get away with a spray, which is what we say a lot of times. Hey, you don't have to overuse the product. It's pretty rare in this industry. So you got to look beyond. It's kind of a cool thing. I knew I was right all these years. I've never primed the pad. I never will prime the pad because that's not how a pad and compound and polish work. It just isn't. I just need to get some abrasive on the surface at a significant level to do what I needed to do. So I, I'm with you. But definitely when I was doing rotary, and that's interesting you did that pencil line. Yeah, I, I always did the pencil line or the dots. It wasn't necessarily dots on the, the, the pad itself. I'd put dots around the car. And so sure. when I got to the new panel, I could just lift up a little bit, go grab it yep. and come back and, and rework. And by the way, it's a great way to still do it. If you're running a busy shop and your guys aren't laying their dots out, they're probably slow. You know, laying your dots, your beads out. You know, we all did that. I, we always picked up the bead. That's how I was taught. You know, how do you pick it up without slinging it all over the place? You know, Mike Phillips does a great job with that you know, education, but I was taught to pick up the bead. There was no putting the, the, the product on your pad. That wasn't, that wasn't available at my, at my beginnings. So one of the, one of the funnest times I've seen somebody putting products on and it's, I still joke around. I mean, his, his guy's name is Taylor and he was down in the Norman. And this is where you mentioned, OU. and let me clarify, let me clarify. You said, I'm an OU. I, I'm one of those weird Oklahomans that didn't go to school in Oklahoma and, and actually supports both teams. There it's you go. easy to support OU because they're usually somewhere decent until they get to the playoffs or, you know, get to a big bowl and then they choke, right? I mean, how many times yeah. has that happened? OSU is normally not that great, but my family, my mom went there. My dad was an undefeated wrestler through there, his, his whole college career. That's cool. Um, Four-time uh, champion. So, I mean, we have – we have ties there to uh, OSU. Um, but so Taylor is down in, in the Norman area. And when I started my, basically what we talked about, and this is people that are starting to come on to the company into HyperClean and distributing product. This is one of the key benefits that we have to help out is 
I've done cold calls. I'm a detailer that has gone into other shops, has gone into dealerships, has gone into car washes and made those cold call attempts, believing and knowing that, hey, I have the right processes. I got the right product. I've got a really great price for you. And so it's a, it's a great business for both sides. And I go into this one shop and, and it's run by an old school guy who now actually has a, he, he's transcended, doesn't use the same system and actually puts down tray. Right. So this is an old school motherfucker that uh, uh, he was teaching and, and I went in and and they were trying to show off to me. Right. And this is a part about being a detailer, going in a shop and everybody wants to tell you how they do it. Right. So yeah. they're taking their bottle and they're not putting little dots. They're taking it. And I'm, I'm talking full arm back. They love doing it as much as they could. And they would s- squeeze the bottle and fling it right? The hood. And they'd love to, I mean, I'm talking, they would almost dance around doing it. It was, it was part of the way that they did. I mean, it was just like, Wah, whoosh. and they'd buzz it down. And they just this big elevator Holy whipping shit. and they would just whip product <laughs> all down the side. And then they grab their buzz and just go buzz it over. So uh, Taylor for, he sometimes would tell me he hops in and listens. He was at a dealership then later, um, and, uh, and so if you're listening, Taylor, you definitely have the most unique way of putting product onto a vehicle. But even at that point, right, they were using rotary and you're right. They, there's a different aspect of using rotary. You never did prime because it would, if you got too much, um, you would just fling it all down all over. Right. Yep. And you'd they be didn't cleaning care. trim, you'd be cleaning windshield. They would windshield. go back around, yeah. right? It was always one of those. They would go back around to rewash. That's one yeah. of the things is as different compounds have evolved and water based as opposed to solvent. Like, yeah, the amount of I people ne- that whenever are I cut it, cars, whenever I grew up cutting a car, we always had to wash it. Yeah, makes no sense. Why? Why do all that? Like, yeah. there's so many different alternative ways of doing it. So that's interesting. I've always, once it came to DAs, once somebody started teaching me. Of always prime pads, but you mentioned the dots, right? I'll dot on my pad, but I've considered that priming. Are you saying there's a different way of priming? Yeah. So the way priming is sold now is, is that you actually put a lot of product on the pad and then you wipe it into the pad and then you put a couple dots on the pad. And supposedly now the, um, in their theory is all of the pores of the foam pad or all of the fibers of the cutting pad now have product to work with well that's why the the polisher moves around and that's why we have a hand motion that we use because that's getting the the tool to work properly with the abrasives this idea that every fiber isn't doing work if 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 a if a foam pad is flat on the surface and there's abrasives on the surface and I'm going over the surface, then every single fiber or every single pore of the foam pad is doing work. The idea that I have to put product into that pore doesn't make sense. I just need abrasives touching the surface, then having the pad do the work with the abrasive. This idea that people came up with, it never made sense to those that had experience. But if you watch a YouTube video with a guy with a million followers, you just assume he's vetted everything. Well, supposedly he's been cutting cars for a lot of years. That's what I'm told. I actually know the guy who who really made this popular. 
with Jason Rose and Kevin Brown and those types of guys, they all do good work. They just all bought into an idea because they all wanted to seem different. And sometimes that's what an idea is born out of. It's just being different and saying the way somebody's doing something is wrong. Look, man, don't waste product and don't do things that cause you to have to do more work. If something is leaving an excessive amount of haze on a black panel, when it doesn't need to, I'm creating more work in my second step. And I may even have to do a third step if the haze is bad enough and I don't have a way to get it out. Hmm. I mean, I told you this, the Escalade that we worked on at the shop, I had to call you and tell you, hey, something that normally works on GM black paint to finish out, it wasn't finishing for me. So I had to go to an even softer pad and an even softer, you know, I call it softer, it's not the right terminology, and even lighter cutting polish that was basically like a jeweling polish to get that black on that bumper to, to finish out the way that I wanted. And again, abrasive technology came into play. It wasn't about one pad was primed or not pat or not primed. It was just about the abrasives that I needed to finish out and polish the rest of that, that, that bumper. And so it's not much more difficult than that, but you can get a little bit wayward. If I would have left too much haze after my cut, I would have had to three-step, you know, process that bumper out. I was able to go from rotary because I used the right compound and the right pad on my rotary to do some heavy cutting into my final step. I didn't even have to go into an intermediate step. And I showed everybody the results on stories, a hyper clean neck. Like, guys, it's, again, I realize that that takes, this is a little bit off the beaten path and it's a little nerdy, but that's an exact thing that people need to realize like I was able to go from rotary to finish on a really really hammered wrecked uh bumper and and, and make make it almost you know 80 percent you know which is pretty damn good for the condition that people saw that bumper I mean it was it was not salvageable by most people hmm. all right so people go check it out at hyper clean nick and that's where they go follow any of your work that you're putting out or they can come check you out uh, on the Facebook page, HyperClean Specialist, definitely. Yeah. All right, Nick, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for uh, the info this week. Good good talk. We really want to know uh, how f close, right? Palms looks like it's right on the other side of that uh, shopping center, but. Yeah, it's like less than a block maybe. So, yeah, we're, we're about a city block away, not, not far, maybe a tenth of a mile. So um, the Rio is just on the other side of this wall. Uh, if anybody likes the World Series of Poker, that's actually closer than the Palms. So we got two two uh, pretty nice little places uh, right here. Um, we also have one that's like a local place called the Gold Coast, which is right across the street from the Palms. So we're really central. Uh, that was important to me because I got people that come from both sides of the city. Uh, we're not very far from the Strip. So you, know, you get some interesting characters around here, I'll tell you that. You know, that, that, that's the good thing about, uh, about this place, but it's newly renovated. It's, it's a real, been a really good spot. Cool, man. We look forward to seeing the journey as you continue to grow it. All right, guys. Have a great week. You too. Thanks for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, Hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, 
If you want to leave us a review, we would love that. You know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.